0: Jesus lived the life that we should have lived and died the death that we deserved because of sin so that God could accept us, not guilty. God did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves in Jesus Christ.
1: Welcome to First and Foremost, a weekly broadcast of First Presbyterian Church in the heart of downtown Greenville. Senior Pastor Richard Gibbons invites you to join us as we study God's Word together and discover what is first and foremost in our lives.
0: Please pray with me. Gracious God, if the words that I'm about to say are simply my words, then we're in trouble. It's going to be a train wreck. And so we ask that they would be wonderful words of life that your spirit would teach us in all its truth of the gospel. And that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts, as the psalmist said, would be pleasing in your sight. O oh Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer because of Jesus. Amen. October 2, 1995, the third most watched television event in history was unfolding in a Los Angeles courtroom. Mr. Simpson, will you please stand and face the jury. Superior Court of California county of Los Angeles, in the matter of the people of the state of California, in the case against Orenthal James Simpson, we, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty for the crime of murder in violation of Penal Code 187A. A felony against Nicole Brown Simpson as charged in count one. Question for us this morning how do we get to not guilty? Or, as Martin Luther famously put it 500 years ago, how do I, a sinner, Stand before a holy God. Or another way we could ask that question is, how, when I stand before God in judgment, what will I say? Little orientation. So far in Romans, if you've been with us, Paul is painfully clear that all stand under God's judgment. He opens uh, Romans with this beautiful themes of. Uh, the nature of Christ and how the gospel is a gospel of uh, righteousness from God that it's revealed that he's not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God to save. But in, in, in verse 18 of chapter 1, he makes this detour from these great themes of the faith. And for a couple of more chapters, he talks about our hopeless situation. Yours and mine. And rather than read all 20 verses of chapter 3, where he's continuing this argument in the main of why we can't get a not guilty verdict, I simply want you to help me summarize these verses by responding with two words. I'm going to ask you a question. Your response is simply, no one. Understand? Shake your head. Good. Who is righteous? Who seeks God? Who understands? Who has turned to God? Who does good? Who has a fear of God? 1 through 20. Summarize in verse 20, therefore, Paul says, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by observing the law, i.e., no one gets a not guilty verdict. There's no way for anyone, no one, no one, no one, no one, to get not not guilty. But there's a huge shift that takes place starting in verse 21. Paul takes a radical change in direction. I invite you to open your Bibles and turn there with me to Romans chapter 3, if you're not there already. And we're going to be looking... At verses 21 through 26 to see why he takes this change in direction. What is he up to as his argument takes a detour in 18 and then takes another detour in 21. What is Paul doing here? Romans 3, 21 through 26. One scholar called these verses the most important paragraph in all of Scripture. Martin Luther said this. He said that the passage was the chief point, the very central place of the epistle of Romans, and indeed the whole Bible. This is important stuff. Read with me. But now a righteousness from God apart from law has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him, being Jesus, as a sacrifice of atonement or some translations would say propitiation, through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance, God had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the proper time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus Christ. This passage has a lot of dense theological words like law and righteousness and faith and belief and judgment and justification and sin and God's glory and grace and redemption and sacrifice of atonement and and justice, a lot of things that, that Paul's unpacking here. And this morning, I want to try to avoid getting lost in that complexity of all those those concepts and focus on that which Luther asked, that question, maybe us as well. How do I, a sinner, stand before a holy God? What will I say when I have to give an account of my life to God. So that's where we're going to camp out on. And, and in doing so, I do want to take one of those words, justification, or uh, another way of saying that is righteousness. It, it comes from the same Greek root word. It, it's somewhat interchangeable. This idea of justification, and I want to look at four things. One, what is justification? Two, why do we need it? Three, how do we receive it? And fourth, who's it for? So, what is justification first? If you have your note sheet and you want God to love you more, you can put Roman number one. What is justification? Hopefully, by the end of the sermon, you'll see that that's not the case. That's a work. It's a righteousness from God credited to our account. In its most basic sense, a declaration of acceptance before a holy God. Justification answers the question that Luther asked. It means being judged, not guilty. It's what a judge does when he or she declares a defendant innocent not guilty in a trial it's a legal term and it's, it's an act it's not a process to be revisited again and again you can't be tried and tried and tried and tried and tried, and tried for something that you've been declared innocent for legally God declares us justified in Jesus Christ. Now, why is that important? Why am I making somewhat of a big deal about that? that? That justification, this big theological term, is an objective reality. It's declared upon us. The reason why that's important, at least to me, is that it says it's not based on how I feel. It's, it's who I am. So I may not feel justified. I may not feel right with God. I may not feel that I can stand before God on my own. And that's right. But he's saying it's not a feeling. It's who you are. It's who you are in Christ. It's a position. It's been declared. And when it's been declared, it's done. can't be revisited can't be retried. It's a restored relationship with God that can never be changed. It's spoken to us and on us. And it's not just forgiveness. Certainly that's part of justification, uh, the sense of pardon. But, but think about it. In, in, in a, a, a situation forensically or legally, when you're declared innocent, the general theme is or the idea is you're off the hook oj didn't have to go to jail the judge the jury basically said not guilty you can go good luck with the rest of your life that's that's what pardon is there's no responsibility from the courts and, and justification is certainly part of that you've You've had a penalty that has been pardoned. Yes. But the other side is that justification is not simply you may go, good luck. It's you may come, please do. It's this sense of invitation. It's this sense of celebration. It's this sense that you enjoy this new status, this new identity in Christ that's simply not a you avoid something negative. It's you get something, me, my presence, my love, restored relationship, the rights of Jesus Christ. So you see how that maybe puts a little different sense even on, on how we see ourselves and who we are when we look at justification. Not subjective, how we feel. It's objective, who we are. It's what theologians call an alien righteousness, alien being somewhere or something outside of ourselves that visits us or, or the double transfer. And that simply says this, all that we are, all that we are and all we've done, 118 to 320, all of that mess, all of that darkness, all of that sin, all of those issues, all of those dis- dysfunctions, all of those, all that, that muck becomes Christ's. And all that He is, and all that He's done, His perfection, His holiness, His goodness, His kindness, His grace, all of that becomes ours. We transfer. And if you're like me and you really think about that, you can't just sit on your hands. When you know you've been given what Christ is and who he is, and he takes what you deserve and takes it upon himself, never to be revisited. What's our response, friends? It's worship. It's praise God. It's gratitude. Oh, what a Savior. How can we keep from singing? When you stand before God, what will you say for your justification? If your answer starts with the pronoun i you've missed the point you miss what paul's saying if it starts with me if it tries to click off what you've done to be good you've missed the point when you stand before god your answer simply needs to be him because there's this transfer jesus That's justification. Secondly, why do we need justification? In the non-legal world, righteousness or justification is sort of a validating performance record. What do I mean by that? A validating performance record. If you have a son or daughter or grandchild that it's February and they may be a senior in high school and applying for college, Online, I don't even know if they do it by paper anymore. But the common app, and what that is, you list all these things that hopefully will get you accepted to X institution. Another example is a resume. You email or mail in or take to HR your record and hopes of being accepted, i.e., they will count you valid to offer you a job, employment. A performance-validating record, hoping that we've done enough to get into college or to get the job. And Paul turns this way of thinking upside down. That's the way it used to work, but now... You see, the issue is we just don't need a good resume or a good application or even a great one. We have to have a perfect one to measure up to God's standard. And we don't, we can't, never could, never will. Justification is a not guilty verdict. We need it because we're constantly trying to justify ourselves in our lives, and there's nothing we can do to validate it. So how does this righteousness from God become ours? If we can't work to get it, if it's apart from the law, how do we receive it? How do we get it? Look at verse 22. But now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, verse 21... This righteousness from God comes through coming to church at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning if the weather's okay and Clemson doesn't have a ball game that gets late at night and we're driving back and we're tired? Is it comes through being good enough and giving enough money and volunteering on the board of the local chamber of commerce? What does it say? Comes through what? Comes through faith. You might think, well, is it isn't faith sort of like a work? Is it something that I exercise? I do? It may, be, it may not be like a, a Ten Commandment, but it's something I do, right? I, I make a decision. I, I exercise faith because we want to always take credit for our justification. We're sneaky like that. Paul knows that. We want to pat ourselves on the back. We want to Add to the equation. And and Paul later says, for it is by grace through faith you have been saved in Ephesians 2. And this faith, he described this faith, is not from yourselves. So that no one can boast. It's the gift of God. So we can't pat ourselves on the back. Faith is not a work, it's a gift. It's the hands that receive that gift. Finally, who is justification for? 23, excuse me, 22. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's no difference. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's for everyone and anyone, no distinction. Paul spends a lot of time, and Tim talked about it last week. Doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, from, from Simpsonville or from Saluda, from Pelters Pelzer, from power, from Easley, from the east side. It doesn't matter geographically, ethnically, spirit. It doesn't matter. There's no distinction because the predicament is that there's a universal sin problem that knows no distinction, that knows no preference, that knows no boundaries or categories. So the solution, justification, is that there's no distinction based on those categories it's for all all can find justification freely given through faith in Jesus God's righteousness is activated only for those who believe but it's also for all who believe justification is a not guilty verdict we all need it because we all try to measure up We receive it by faith, and it's for everyone. So what? What difference does it make in my life? This but now signifies that God has stepped in. But now there's hope. But now salvation is available to all. After the darkness of sin comes the light of Christ. But now... The gospel is good news because we know the bad news first. 118 through 320. And if you don't know that, if you don't know your hopelessness, then this is not particularly good news. Jesus lived the life that we should have lived and died the death that we deserved because of sin so that God could accept us. Not guilty. God did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves in Jesus Christ. You don't have to clean up your act first. I talk with people who grew up in the church, maybe at college, they went away and uh, wondered, and now they got married and started having kids. It's a good idea to be back in church. But they maybe say something like this, Pastor, I've got some things I need to work on, some habits that aren't so good, and I, I need to clean up first before I show up. It's not justification. Justification is for those who believe, not those who are good. And that should be good news for us. You don't have to clean up your act first. Paul puts it like this While we were yet sinners, here, 118 320, Christ died for us. God justifies the ungodly. How can we get to not guilty? How? But now. Faith in Jesus Christ. But now a righteousness from God. But now that's apart from the law. But now that comes through faith. But now to all who believe. But now it's free justification by grace. But now because of and in Jesus Christ. This old life of sin. But now opens to a new way of life in Jesus. Once we were far from God, stumbling in darkness, but now brought near to the God of the universe. Our feet are sure we stand upon the rock. Judgment, but now justification. Who are you? How do you identify yourself? I I hear, speaking of this position in Christ, how we're identified, how God sees us, I hear people who are part of recovery groups like like AA, which, please hear me, does a wonderful work. Does a wonderful... Some of you in here are part of AA. You have a family member, a part of that. Does a wonderful... But where I get a little antsy is when... And granted, disclaimer, I've never been to a meeting, but hello, my name is Phil. I'm an alcoholic. Friends, if you're justified, if you're in Christ... That's not your identity. And I don't, I don't want to nuance. I, I know what they're doing, but for illustrative purposes. When you're justified and you're in Christ, your response is or your introduction is, Hello, my name is Bill, and I've been counted righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ before God. That's my identity. And I struggle with alcoholism. I struggle with prescription pain medicine. I struggle with any number of things, pornography, whatever. That's what I struggle with, but that's not my identity. Who I am is not dependent on what I do. Now, again, I'm not saying that's a license for for sin. Certainly, there's a growth in sanctification, but that's not how you're identified. You're identified in who you are in Christ because you've been justified. That's that's good news. And that can never be changed because it's been declared on you. When the verdict is read and it's not guilty, you don't have to fear that you'll be ever responsible for that again. And so this morning, as we close, I, I have a couple of questions. One, Have you had a but-now experience? Have you moved from that life of striving and trying and never measuring up and hopelessness and despair? Have you moved to verse 21? Have you come as a beggar, empty-handed, To receive, as a gift, God's justification. If you haven't, the invitation is for you to do that even today. You're invited to do that. Christian, rest in what God's done for you. Rest in the but now. Why are you still striving? chasing after false justifications of looks and fitness and dresses and wealth and schoolwork. Lay it down. End the struggle. You weren't made to carry that burden in the first place. You can't add anything to what God's done for you. So don't try. That's a hard life to live. The good news is that justification... Come to those who believe, not to those who are good. How do we get to not guilty? How? How? But now. Let's pray. Jesus, we, wherever we're at, count you as that performance record on our behalf. However we understand that, wherever we are, We receive it as a gift by grace and through faith. And our response is one of worship. Our response is one of gratitude. Our response is one of joy and peace. Our response is to tell others of this counterintuitive, crazy thing that started 2,000 years ago with this person named Jesus. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't work by the world's standards. That is the gospel. Lord, may we revel in it this very day. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Whatever you're facing, First Presbyterian Church would like to pray for you this week. Please leave your name and prayer request by calling 864-672-1838 or receive prayer in person. Details about this service are listed on your screen. To purchase a DVD of today's message, please send a check or money order for $10 to First Presbyterian Church and include today's program number. For more information, call 864-672-1846 or visit our website at firstpresgreenville.org.